even the trials we see, the social issues. But it says, it just bluntly, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Other translations will say, only those who are wise will understand. I believe you and I in this church, we understand. We understand the signs of the times. We wanna understand the season that we're living in so that we can bring healing to those around us, that those that are wicked, that God may use us to bring the gospel to them, to bring the spirit of God to them. Paul encourages us of how to do that in Ephesians. Sarah, if you would put that up for us. Look what it says. It says, so be careful how you live. Other translations say, walk circumspectly. It says, don't live like fools, but like those who were wise. So we see the wisdom again. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Anybody show of hands, do you want to understand what the Lord wants you to do in these times? It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. And here's the key, it says, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns, which we just did, and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head with me and let's just take a moment and give thanks to God. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you're the healer. We thank you that there is a limitless supply of your grace and of your Holy Spirit. God, we pray right now. We wanna know what to do. We don't wanna be thoughtless, but we wanna walk with purpose. We wanna walk circumspectly. We wanna walk with wisdom. We don't wanna walk as the wicked do, but God, we wanna walk as your people. Father, this morning as we open God's word, I pray that is what we see of how Daniel stood in faith through a tough time in his life, as he fasted, as he leaned into the spirit of God, you answered his prayer. God, I thank you that when we lean into you, when we fast, when we stand in faith and believe, Father, you're doing more than we see. So God, I pray this morning you would strengthen our faith. You would fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, we believe you can do a miracle in our midst and in our lives this morning. Restore family, restore relationship, bring healing to our brokenness. We may be flawed, but you see it as beauty because in our weakness, we are made strong in Christ. So Father, we love you this morning. Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Welcome to church this morning. Anybody thankful for faith? Anybody thankful that God does not leave us, he does not forsake us, that he is always with us? Well, this morning we are gonna look at some qualities of what it means to truly stand in faith. I think some of the most difficult times to stand in faith is when we're praying, we're believing God for something, and it's the time in between the prayer and when we see uh, the prayer, the blessing, the, the fulfillment of what we are believing God for. Anybody ever find yourself in that struggle? Maybe some of you have been praying for years and believing God for something, and you've maybe grown weary, you've grown weak, but we see a common theme through Scripture, and we're going to see, especially in Daniel's life, of how he chose to stand in faith, how he leaned into God, and he saw the supernatural hand of God, the incarnate Christ, 
touch him, heal him, and lift his head. Anybody need your head lifted this morning? As we said toward the beginning of this series, in life, we're either going into a tough season, we're in the middle of a tough season, or we're coming out of a tough season. So life has its way to throw us curveballs, has a way to attack our faith. We have a spiritual enemy that wants to keep us bound and shackled and not walking in faith. But this morning, I want you to be encouraged as we look at the life of Daniel, as we close the series out and how we're to stand in faith. Aren't you thankful also last week that you were empowered to be a watchman? Wasn't that a great message last week? As Cole just shared his heart and I believe inspired us and encouraged us. And really it was more than a message, but it was an anthem. And he raised a banner for us as a church to be engaged in culture, to be engaged in social issues. Because the heart here of this season is to bring healing to a broken world, that we want to be able to go to places of wickedness. We want to go to people that are far from Christ and share the gospel with them, share the truth with them, and see them changed and transformed. So this morning, if you would open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 10. A little context, Daniel is an old man at this time. He's in his 80s. And so he knows what a life of faith looks like. You know, I'm jealous of some of our seasoned saints here who have been serving God faithfully year after year because you have a testimony and you know what it looks like to stand in faith. Don't ever underestimate those experiences, those trials that you have in your life. You know, we live in a world where we're constantly reaching out to God for healing, whether it's a, there's an addiction in our lives, whether there's a depression, whether it's a mending of a relationship, maybe you're believing for your spouse to come to Christ. Whatever it is, there's so many areas of our life where we have to stretch our faith and we have to stand in faith specifically for something. So we see as we open Daniel chapter 10 that this is where we see the Daniel fast. Anyone heard of the Daniel fast before? you see that Daniel goes into a fast. And the reason he goes into a fast is because he got a vision that scared him, that made him fearful. He had a vision, as you go and you read Daniel 10 and 11, a vision of war that was to come upon the land, a vision of famine, a vision of hard times. And so Daniel was struck into the core. And so it led him into a fast to begin to pray and to begin to seek God. I believe we can just stop right there and we see a spiritual principle that when we enter into a hard time or we're about to go through something or maybe God gives you a dream about one of your children or a dream about something that is to come in your life, that the first response should always be as Daniel models time and time again, is he bowed down on his knees and he went before God because that's where his strength was. And so we see that Daniel enters into a fast. You know, fasting, we're not going to really preach on that this morning, but fasting is such a powerful tool that God gives us to see his presence begin to operate in our lives, to cleanse ourselves of things that are distracting, things that are filling us up, worldly desires. You know, your spiritual enemy, Satan, it says in, in scripture that he operates through three things, really the bottom line, three things of how he operates. He operates through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's how he attacks us. That's how he uh, gets under our skin is he fuels those three areas in our life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, 
and the pride of life. So when we fast, we join a resistance to say we're not going to be led by the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, and the pride of life. But we're going to be led and we're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. So we see in Daniel chapter 10, verse 5, we see a, a, a vision, we see an encounter with an angelic being. There's a lot of different uh, schools of thought uh, on what Daniel is seeing. Some will say it's the incarnate Christ. So it's a picture of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Others will say it is an angelic be- being as well. But this morning, we're going to go on the side of caution because you can never go wrong with Jesus. And we're going to look and see because if you go and you read Revelation 19, the vision is so similar to the vision that John shares of what Christ, of what he'll look like, what we will see when he comes and he rescues us again. Aren't you thankful that Christ is coming again? That we're living, I believe, in one of the greatest times in history to be a witness for Christ, to stand strong for Christ. We're living in the same season that Daniel did in Babylon. And because he took a stand, thousands and thousands upon thousands of lives were changed. And his witness literally is is blessing us and ministering to us this morning. Look what scripture says in Daniel chapter 5 of this vision that comes upon him and, and, and what he begins to see. He says, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Think about that. Imagine you being in an arena full of people and and hearing everyone shout and, and, and scream. That's what Daniel was experiencing right here. Verse seven, he says, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. Wow. You know what? is amazing and just a spiritual principle we see through this is many times God will reveal something to you that someone even standing in the church service next to you or someone in your family or someone that maybe is an accountability partner he might not reveal that to them but when he reveals something to you or shows himself to you something undoubtedly happens within you you experience him for yourself you know he is real and so Daniel is getting a vision of the presence of God, of, of Christ coming. And what we're going to see, he's going to begin to lift his head. My prayer for you is your pastor, is that what Daniel experienced with the incarnate Christ, I pray that we experience on a regular basis where we bow low, where we put ourselves in a place to receive from God, where we experience the presence of God, where we make time to be filled with his Holy Spirit through prayer, through fasting, through Bible reading, through studying. And so we see Daniel having this moment, this encounter with God. Look what, uh, again, verse eight and nine says. It says that my strength began to leave me. The second part of verse eight, my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. So again, this was what he was wrestling with and, and when the presence and the glory of God began to touch Daniel. Verse 9 says, Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted 
and I laid there with my face on the ground. I wrote this down. I said, the strongest of men cannot bear the weight of the glory of God. When you experience the glory of God, you just want to fall to your knees. You get real repentive of your sin. You don't, anything that you feel in your life that grieves the Holy Spirit, you want to just let it out and allow God to heal through repentance. And so Daniel is, is experiencing this, just this weakness. Anybody ever been weak in the presence of God before? Sometimes you can't stand, you can't talk, you can't sing. You just need to sit and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. So Daniel is, is experiencing this as the incarnate Christ is touching him. I love this too, that when we're in the presence of God, many times we become overwhelmed and it's by his comfort and by his presence. And so this morning, as we kind of peel back the story of what we see begin to happen to Daniel as he is, is fearful of this vision and now the presence of God is coming upon him. Because when the presence of God comes upon you, as I've experienced it in my life, he puts direction, he puts purpose, he brings clarity. When the presence of God touches you, confusion does not have a place. Many times we walk life just confused, not knowing what to do, but when we peel things back and we get before the presence of God, it's like we're getting divine assignment for what we're to do, how we're to do it, and God just begins to pour in us. So this morning, I want to look, and you can follow along in the notes on our church app, but I want to look at three things to remember when we're standing in faith. Number one, and this is a simple truth, but I believe it's bedrock to our theology, is God cares about you more than you do. I don't know, that's a good place to say amen, because I don't know about you, but many times I can be my own worst enemy. I can beat myself up. I don't, I'm not good enough. I, I'm not ready for this. Many times we can be self-destructive. So this gives me great confidence that God cares more about me than I do. You need to know how much God loves you. You're going to see in a minute where God told Daniel, you are precious to me. God adores us. He pursues us. His love, it wants us. It is jealous for us. And so when we know how God feels about us, that he does not want to condemn us, he desired that no man fall into to hell, death, and destruction, but that every man be saved. That's the heart of God. And so we need to know this morning that God cares about us more than we do. Look what happens to Daniel in verse 10. It says, just then a hand touched me and lifted me. When the presence of God touches you, you need to know it does not condemn you, but it lifts you. It says, still trembling to my hands and knees. So he begins to tremble in the presence of God. Verse 11 says, and the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say. So we see him affirming, hey, I'm proud of you. I love you. Now listen to my direction. He says, listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. You know, there's an old hymn that came to mind when I was reading this. Now, I would sing it to you, but I'm not gifted and blessed like some pastors, man, where they can sing and they can preach. That's why I married a beautiful, beautiful woman who can sing for you because you don't want me singing for you. But there's an old hymn that says this. It says, from the sinking sand, he lifted me. With tender hand, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise the name 
he lifted me. Anybody thankful in your seasons of, of trial and struggle that the hand of God has lifted you? I'm thankful. I love this as well, is nothing that you do in your life can make God love you more and nothing that you do can make him love you less. His love is not conditional for us. It's always unconditional. The thing is too I love about God and what scripture says is he just doesn't love us but his very nature is love. So we have to understand obviously that that is who God is. Since being a father I've, I've felt like I've understood a whole dimension of the love of God where when you're starting from seeing the pregnancy and seeing your, your, your baby and, and, and walking through, seeing so much love and so much emotion in that moment and how that love just begins to translate into you become really protective and you, you, you don't want to hold his head a certain way and you watch people when they hold him a certain way, but you still love him and you got to work in it within yourself. But it's just amazing the love of God that I don't know, you just see, man, this is how I feel about baby Daniel is how God feels about me. And parents, you can probably relate to that. But you understand the dimension because he sees us as children, as sons and daughters. And he loves us so fiercely. And he protects us. And he wants that relationship with us. So I love it because God says, Daniel, you are precious to me. Now, we don't go around calling everyone in our lives precious. I love Pastor Cole, but he's not precious to me. <laughs> I love baby Daniel. He's precious to me. I love my wife. He's precious to me. But that's about as far as I would use the word precious. But God sees you as precious. That's how he cares about you. And that's how he felt about Daniel in this moment. And like it said, he, he, his presence lifted him. And he said, stand up. And so we see when the presence of God comes, it puts a confidence in you. It puts courage back in you. And many of you, you've been wavering as you've been believing. Maybe you're low on hope. But what you see through Daniel, when he got in the presence of God, when he went into a fast, he began to get rejuvenated. The presence of God always rejuvenates us. Aren't you thankful that when we walk through the doors of the church, when we worship and we sing songs and we hear the word of God proclaimed, it should motivate you. It should inspire you. It should put hope within you. Christ in us, he is the hope of glory. That leads us into our second point this morning is God is always doing more than we understand. Aren't you thankful that he plays the background in our lives? He does more than we see. He does more in the heavenlies, and he does more here on earth than we even see. Look what Scripture says, Daniel 10, 12 through 13. It says, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day, hear this right here, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Anybody thankful for answered prayer? Daniel's feeling this. Oh my gosh, God has showed up. The presence of God has come. He's answering my prayer. It says, but for 21 days, the spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia, blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia. We see a lot just taking place right here. First, we see that as Daniel was fasting for 21 days, 
Many times we have in our minds when we pray, okay, God's going to answer our prayer. But prayer life is so much more than just saying something and then, okay, God, you're going to work for me. I'm just going to live life and wait, you know, till, till my prayer is answered. We saw Daniel take initiative and began to fast. We saw Daniel get into the presence of God. And it wasn't day one when his prayer was answered. It wasn't day two. He prayed and trusted God for 21 days. Many times God will answer prayer in a moment, but many times God invites us into a process of what I've seen where we're to walk through, trust, believe, fast, pray, give, show up, do what the word of God says, because in the process, God begins to build something in us. And he does something far greater than just answering a prayer in our life because that's how much God loves us and he wants to put his character within us. And so we see Daniel, that his prayer was answered. But it said in those 21 days that nothing wasn't happening, but we see that it says that the spirit prince of kingdom of Persia blocked his way. We would know that as demonic activity. You know, the thing that your spiritual enemy wants to do is make you think and put you in a lullaby and put you to sleep that the enemy is not active in your life, that he's not working, that he's not uh, uh, conjuring up something, that he's not attacking. So he wants to put you to sleep. But we see that there was spiritual warfare going on as Daniel was fighting. You need to know as you're praying, as you're believing, maybe you're praying for uh, a, a child that you have who does not know Christ. Parents, you need to know when you pray, there is angelic activity going to battle for your children, for your marriage, for your job, for your spouse, whatever you're believing God for, there is warfare that begins to happen that you might not see. You're going about your day, you're doing what you do, but there is warfare happening in the heavenlies. Hebrews 1.14 even says that uh, we're sent ministering angels to serve us. So if you're in Christ, you have at your disposal angels you can call upon to begin to go and fight and battle for you. And so we see this angelic activity begin to happen. And the, the demons, the, the, the legions of enemies known as the kingdom of Persia begin to go and be fought on Daniel's behalf. If you've been praying for a long time, know that demonic activity is being fought on your behalf. God is always doing more than we understand. Verse 13 again just so you see it. It says that I left him there with the spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Daniel thought that God was not doing anything, but he was doing more than he understood. I love this too. I wrote this down is just because he didn't see anything doesn't mean God isn't doing something. Just because we don't see maybe anything happening does not mean God is not doing something. The first time that Daniel prayed, it said that God heard him. The first time you pray, God hears you. Many times we don't think he does or he's not listening or there's too much static in her life, in our lives, but he hears you. You might not see it, feel it, believe it, but he does. And this passage of scripture is a testament of that. He's doing more than we understand. He's working behind the scenes on our behalf. Number three, is God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. 
in college, believe it or not, but I worked out on a regular basis and enjoyed lifting for a season of life. Since having a baby, I don't see that as a reality anytime soon. But Caleb Culbertson, uh, one of my friends, and was at ORU with me, and man, he knew how to work out. He put plans together for me, and he would be my accountability to get in the gym and to work out uh, after classes. There uh, is this at the end of a workout, what you would do is, is something known as, as just a bust out, where you just take light weight and you just exert yourself. And Caleb would spot me, he would yell at me, and he would encourage me. I'd yell back at him and testosterone would be flowing, and man, it, it, it was good. But I want you to see this here. At one point, I knew I could not go any further. So Caleb's yelling at me, he's helping me lift, and I just stopped lifting. I was acting like I was doing it, but man, I was not pushing anything. But when I let go, Caleb took over and he began to lift for me. I, was, I gave all that I had, but man, he was taking that weight and lifting it for me. Later, I look back on that and this principle just kind of came and hit me in the face. But many times that's how it is with God. We want to lift and we want to do all the work and we want to strain and try to make it happen and I'm going to pray this much and I'm going to do this much. But at some point, you have to let go and allow God to take the bar and lift on your behalf. So when you've done all you can do, when you've burned out, when you've done and lifted, God's strength will be made perfect in your weakness. I love it. Hear this. Until you understand and embrace your weakness, you won't appreciate God's strength. Anybody can testify to that. When you come to grips with reality, when you come to grips with your weakness and surrender it to God to quit fighting it and try to tweak it and perfect it in how you know, when you embrace your weakness, you begin to appreciate God's strength in your life. You begin to see his hand come in and strengthen you. You begin to see that most of the time he doesn't use your strengths to bless others. He'll use your weakness because you're empty enough to allow him to push you and use you. Verse 17, look what happens in Daniel. It says this is, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Anybody been there before? Your strength is gone. You can't breathe anymore. Sometimes you don't even feel like getting up. 18, then the one who looked like a man, the incarnate Christ, touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Many times, all it takes is one touch of God's presence. That's why you can't underestimate the coming together in God's house. You cannot underestimate the 20 minutes you get in God's word before you head to work, because many times, all it takes is one touch, one touch of God, and you feel the strength of God began to return into your life. Verse 19 says, do not be afraid, he said. And here we see again, for you are very precious to God. I love this encouragement that he leaves Daniel. He says, peace, be encouraged and be strong. I believe when you experience the presence of God, when you're standing in faith, when your hope is low, the spirit of God wants to say to you, peace, be encouraged and be strong. He wants to reaffirm that in you. And I speak that prophetically into your life that those of you where your hope is on low, that you need peace, be encouraged, and be strong this morning. In Jesus' name. One touch is all we need this morning. He cares 
about me more than I do. Doing, he's always doing more than we understand, and his strength is made perfect in weakness. If you bow your head, I want to pray with you this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you're our healer. We thank you that you are our strength. Father, we ask right now, God, that in a room like this, with life, with family, work, the things that take up our life and the things we put ourselves in, Father, there's always room for hope or there's always room for hurt. There's room for pain. The things that we deal with on a daily basis. God, there's some in here who have been believing you for years for certain things in their life. And God, honestly, maybe they've just grown weary. Maybe they started shifting blame off of different situations and putting blame on you. Maybe they've been looking at you and saying, God, why haven't you done this for me? Have you not seen me pray? Have you not seen me come to church? Why is this still a thorn in my flesh? God, I ask you right now that you would give a perspective change yes. on our prayer life. Yes. That you would put a perspective change on how you work and how you move. God, that you're always doing more than we understand, that you're always working behind the scenes whether we see it or not. Father, I pray for those that their strength is weak. God, that there's times that nobody ever sees where they cry themselves to sleep. It takes everything in them to get up and fight another day. I pray that they would let go and allow the strength of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit as it did to Daniel to lift his head that it caused him to stand up Father that your anointing would rest upon us right now and it would strengthen us if that's you and maybe your faith is low maybe your hope is on empty Nobody's looking around. I just want you to lift your hand and reach to God right now. And I just want you to whisper to him, say, God, strengthen me. Give me wisdom and understanding in these evil days and, and the times that we're living in. Show me how to walk in wisdom. You're the God of hope. God, I pray right now with hands lifted all over that you would strengthen us, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would fall upon us right now, that we would be encouraged and that we would be strong in Jesus' name, that the hand of God would lift them right now. One touch is all we need. One touch changed Daniel's life. You heard his prayer from the beginning. You hear our prayers from when we first uttered a word from our mouth to heaven. Heaven went to work and to battle for us. God, I pray ministering angels would come and would begin to fight the demonic on our behalf, that we would engage in spiritual warfare, that we would be active in it. In Jesus' name, we would not be blind, but we would walk circumspectly. Father, we love you, and we thank you that as we stand in faith, that faith can move mountains in our life. Faith can slay giants. God, anything is possible to him who believes. We believe this morning. Strengthen our faith. If everyone would just lift your hands and let's just ask the Holy Spirit, say, strengthen my faith this morning. Strengthen me, Holy Spirit. Whether I'm coming out of a tough season in the middle of one or about to go into one, I ask for the strength of the Holy Spirit upon our church and upon our school here. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit. 
equip us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, can we just put our hands together?